Welcome to the Get Emergent podcast. This is a podcast about leadership development, improving communication, and enhancing team performance. I'm Cindy Massengill. And I'm Ralph Simone. And today we are going to be sharing some predictions for <laughs> 2022. And I think in the upcoming year, these are things that we absolutely think leaders need to pay very close attention to. Well, we actually came up with four of what we believe are the toughest challenges that leaders are going to be facing in 2022. I'm kind of wondering how accurate do we believe these are as compared to like your football pool? Well, I hope they're more accurate, believe me, because <laughs> I have not been doing too well this year. But I think we have confidence that our predictions around these challenges are accurate because they are both research-based and from our experience in coaching with our clients over the past year. Boy, we get a lot of data from just, you know, the work that we do and talking to different people. And we're really seeing a lot of trends. And I think the data supports four really tough challenges related to talent, related to succession planning, related to building teams and we want to talk about those today and we'll talk about the challenges and then we'll also make some recommendations for what our leaders and listeners can be doing to maybe address some of these challenges. How about if we work our way up? We'll start with number four and we'll work, oh, our, work our way up to number one. Maybe we can somehow figure out like a drum roll for, for that <laughs> number one or something like that. Okay. No, Ralph, you cannot get out your drum set for- I used to be a drummer. But I say, I, I told my kids once, I'm a drum player. I, they said, that sounds ridiculous, Dad. It's a drummer, not a drum player. Anyway, a drum player. So I, I delegitimized my uh, credibility as a drummer. So I guess okay. I, won't, I won't do the drum roll then. We won't get the drum set out. Okay, so let's start with our number four. Our number four prediction for one of the toughest challenges that leaders are going to be facing in 2022 is that the how is going to be different. And what I mean by that how is how we're working. We continue to talk to leaders who are still saying, we just have to get everyone back to the office. And I want to sound compassionate, but those folks that are saying that are going to be the losers. The challenge really is learning how to be open. What do you think? Well, learning how to adjust. We're just not getting the impermanent nature of things forever, right? I mean, they're things are changing. They have always changed and they will continue to change. So this idea of it coming back to static, I mean, every threat is different. And so too must our responses. And so trying to get it back to the way it was is really being almost indifferent or hiding your head in the sand that constantly changing threats demand continuous adaptation, uh, not we wish it was something else. We've got to embrace what is and adapt to it. It just amazes me how many people are really still waiting for that to happen, you know, to just kind of go back to that. And what the challenge really in 2022 is that leaders really need to learn how to be more open to new ways of seeing solutions. And they can't do it alone. They've got to be able to adapt and be flexible, but also it's hard when you've done things a certain way to really come up with new ways. And you have to rely on other people 
around you to kind of brainstorm. This is not a job of an individual. Coming up with new solutions has got to be the work of multiple people collaborating to come up with an idea. And I think it's not just coming up with solutions. I think it's asking different and better questions. I think it's bringing diverse people together and asking the questions that we have not been asking. If we ask ourselves better questions, we get better answers. If we can anticipate some of the future changes, we are going to be able to adapt to them more effectively. We're going to be able to reduce that resistance that inherently comes up with change just because it makes us uncomfortable. I love that idea of asking better questions, which leads us to the recommendation that we want to leave our listeners with is the recommendation of making sure that they're involved in certain activities, like even we call it a mastermind group or being part of a cohort that really it's almost a leader having their own personal board of directors outside of the organization that they're serving, you know, be a part of a group where you're getting ideas from other markets. You know, you're not just stuck in your own vertical that you're really you're learning what other markets are doing, what other sized organizations are doing, and sort of seeing how they can be adapted and shaped to fit a solution for the organization that you're serving. And continuing to ask the question, what are the opportunities in work being disrupted? How do we capitalize on it? How do we become more productive? How do we get people more engaged? How do we use this disruption as ways to scale our organization? So asking those questions and being open to not knowing the answer, but allowing the answer to kind of emerge through that dialogue. What I love about that is that's really looking forward as opposed to waiting for the past to come back to the future, right? So Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Let's go to the third toughest challenge that we think leaders are going to be facing in 2022 is this continuation of leading a fragmented team. You know, people are working everywhere at the office, at their home office, in the car, at Starbucks, right? The challenge really is it's okay to be working in all those places. People are getting stuff done. But the problem is, is that it really creates this fragmented team culture. And it's really hard. We know that high-performing teams need this trust and rapport to really perform at these high levels. How do you maintain that when everybody's working from lots of different places? And I think it makes the case for something we've talked about in the past, work-life integration, finding the rhythm to the work-life dance so you can bring your full energy to what matters most from wherever it matters most. You know, it might be multiple locations. And so it cannot be business as usual. We've got to find ways to bring people in that are remote even though we've got, you know, we've had to have this level of working with fragmented teams where we facilitate a meeting where half the people are in the room and half of the people are not in the room. And it's finding through use of technology and ground rules and process an effective way to create that connection and engagement. One of the challenges, and we've even, our own team has experienced this as well, is 
how do you keep that sort of connection with all people so that it doesn't feel like almost two meetings are happening, one meeting with the people who are virtual and one meeting with the people who are in person, you know, sometimes it can have that feeling of two different meetings, right? Mm -hmm. Or you almost feel like you're an outsider on one or the other. So it's those types of things that leaders are really they're needing to really address how do I lead this team so that I do maintain this level of rapport and trust with all individuals. So I think you started to say what may lead into one of the recommendations, but it first starts by being intentional that will create with this fragmented team or group of people, we'll, we'll have this intention that we will create connection. Then I think we have to be willing to experiment with different actions and then pay attention to how effective those actions are. I mean, I think it's, it's a lot of trial and error. And I mean, I think our conversation today, you know, we got a little informal, we had some planning, then we had some formal structure. I think we're doing this as well as if we were in the same room, quite frankly. But I think it requires a, almost an intentionality to making sure those connections take place. Well, it's an intentionality around, I don't mean to sound so formal, but intentionality around creating well understood and defined ground rules about how the team is going to operate together and how we're going to contribute. You know, you and I were talking about even crazy things like having weekly almost work partners where you spend I don't know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes with somebody else on your team virtually. You don't even need to talk, but at least you're in a virtual room together where you're both working on stuff. And every so often you're going to look up and say, how's it going? How's your dog, by the way? Or, you know, just that there's all sorts of ideas out there floating around, but just new ground rules on how we're going to really continue to promote that rapport and trust building. And I think you got to try these things. I think we just, when we were preparing for this, concluded we're going to open up a Zoom room as if we're working in the same room, even though we may be working on independent tasks, so that those accidental collisions around personal stuff or challenges can come up organically. If everything is so structured and it's a formal meeting, I think we miss some of the innovation and creativity that spontaneity brings to organizations. Exactly. As it relates to leading fragmented teams, continuing to create new ways of the team engaging with one another, have some new ground rules, continue to leverage all the great benefits of some of these technology tools that are out there so that you can continue to nurture this rapport relationship, trust building with everybody on the team. So that was number three. How about let's go to number two. Um, so the number two is, it's really associated with the challenge around building future senior leaders. Gosh, we could go all over the place here, but developing talent is really going to be a big challenge, especially to fill the number of current and future vacant roles. It's happening at exponential speeds and in big quantities people are deciding not to work anymore. And there's going to be some big positions and many of them that are going to go unfilled. How are you experiencing this one, Ralph? Well, certainly there is a gap in filling the leadership pipeline. 
certainly we've got over the last 10 years, independent of the pandemic, baby boomers leaving the workforce in big numbers. But now we have this, you know, the great resignation. We have people deciding to do different things. And I think we've got to double down. I think we have to mitigate our risk by taking more chances. I think we have to invest earlier and often in people's development because people are complaining, you know, who's going to do this when I'm gone? Well, stop complaining. And you need to be asking the question, how do we prepare this next future set of leaders more quickly? How do we give them opportunities to learn and grow faster? You know, added on top of that, Ralph, I was reading an article about this very topic. And the article talked about that women are in 2022, women are going to be three times more likely to leave the workplace because of burnout. They're having to keep up with all this hyper communication, the increase in being people focused and also the demand on their time. And, you know, whether it's women or men and a combination of both, I think a lot of that in 2022 is going to be a huge factor in how we fill those seats, especially the people that are more likely going to be taking those senior roles, they haven't had the opportunity to be mentored by the experienced leader. They haven't been groomed. They're young, right? They're green. They're certainly capable, but they just haven't gotten that grooming time. And I have a concern about that. And, and I think the thought process and the paradigm needs to shift dramatically here. A lot of organizations are shy and in the past have been reticent to name someone as a potential successor because they don't want them to feel like it's a guarantee. How do people get ready? How do they know what their gaps are? How do they know if they're even interested? I mean, I'm kind of laughing because this is the first time in a long time I've heard from clients, young leaders who are quite competent. I'm not sure I want the job which I never heard as a young leader growing up. Absolutely. You wouldn't want, you know, and so, and, and so I think the experiences they have along the way, I think are critical to kind of fill this gap in the senior leadership pipeline. Well, this leads to our recommendation on this one for the organizations who don't even have a mentoring program you got to get one. That's got to be a top priority in 2022. And for the organizations that do have a mentoring program, you got to quadruple, you got to do it times four. It's got to go bigger and deeper in the organization. I think so. And you got to be less conservative about how quickly you expose people to learning opportunities. I mean, this transition needs to take place, I think, at a faster rate than many organizations are ready for. And it's also what you said earlier, it's got to be tied to succession planning. And we've got to pick up the pace on this. Every role needs a plan for who's coming up behind you just because of this really big challenge. And I think we didn't even talk about the impact, but the impact, lots of them, but the biggest one is around performance of the organization. How do we expect to achieve all the goals and metrics and performance if we don't have the right people, if we don't even have people to fill those roles. And so this is why it's our number two. How about number one? So we don't have a drum set, so we can't do a drum roll. How's that? That was a little little makeshift drum roll off of my uh, desk. Wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. So our number one is the intensity of the recruitment and retention battle this year. I mean, it's really started this year, but it is going to get even more intense next year. 
which is kind of linked to the last one we talked about, right? It it, it's it's yeah. it's making it even putting more pressure on the future senior leaders. You know, this is about I've talked to so many people about this and the stories I hear are unbelievable, but I had a, a client tell me about his one of his top people was not looking for a job, but literally got recruited. Another organization called her and recruited her. She's getting paid double what she was getting paid for. It's totally out of the framework of what's really associated with that role, right? People are aggressively going after other people at other organizations. I'm telling all our listeners, all my clients, if you haven't been recruited yet this year, you will get recruited in 2022. Wow. You don't even need to look for a job. You'll get, that might be slightly of an exaggeration, but people are getting recruited, right? And you you don't have to move. So it makes the transition may not be easier, maybe not more effective. And I think this one is, you know, wild because people are not actually adjusting to this. And I think we need to focus on the quality of the experience that people have, because I don't think you'll ever be able to compete, at least in the short term, on price. Well, you can't. Absolutely. One of our recommendations, and we this is a recommendation because we know it's a reason why people leave or why they are drawn to another company, is because they're being promised a lot of growth opportunities. And so we know that if people don't know what the growth opportunities are within their organization, we've got to be able to have those conversations with everyone so that they're assured that there is potential in the work that they're doing. Absolutely. I think we've said this one, you can't win. (laughs) You can just minimize the collateral damage by communicating more by having a vision for what people's future could look like, and then by taking action to get them development opportunities so that their experiences are enriched. Well, I think when people see that there's investment in their future, they might second guess the decision to jump ship, even when there's more money involved. Now, can't promise that one. That's a tough one, again, to win. But if they know that there is an investment in their future, they're having conversations with their supervisor or their boss around growth opportunities, that they're being considered the assignment of a stretch project. I think those are all ways of mitigating, you know, losing the talent that you so desperately want to hang on to. And we need to be a lot less cautious as leaders talking about those future possibilities sooner. You know, it's not a guarantee. There are no guarantees, but people need to be less conservative and they need to paint the picture for somebody that there is a future and here's the path. Because I think that will mitigate the number of key resources lost in an organization in in the short and intermediate term. These are some tough challenges, Ralph, and looking at how we work differently, leading fragmented teams, developing the future senior leaders of organizations, and this recruiting and retention battle. These are really four tough challenges to face, but there are absolutely solutions. And we hope that our listeners will continue to come back for more of our episodes of this podcast and supporting them in the new year, as well as our Driving Leadership podcast with our partner, Bill Berthel.